This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and sometimes talk about the tools we use to eat it with. That's our, that's been our slogan since <laughs> it's uh, time immemorial. And today we're talking about silverware, or if you prefer cutlery, because apparently some people do not agree that it should be called silverware unless it's actually made of silver. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, I, I, I want to come back to this. But first, believe me, I, we're going to come back to this. I have I have some like uh, like a special surprise interview to share. Okay, wow. Uh, but first of all, I'd like to wish everyone in the U.S. a happy Thanksgiving, happy uh, U.S. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I'd like to tell everyone else to suck it. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but I don't know, like, like if you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Oh, my God, Matthew, I don't know if I should admit this or not, but, you know, yesterday I checked the mail. I'm yeah. going to admit that. Okay. And I had two, like, FedEx flat rate envelopes, one addressed to me and one addressed to June. And they were from my uncle by marriage, one of my uncles okay. by marriage, okay? And I opened it up, and he's been geeking out on genealogy. Oh, and boy. And specifically, like, the, the geneo- his genealogy in, in relation to, like, the, the people who sailed on the Mayflower, Oh, that, yeah. And and he has looked up, like, everyone he could think of, I think. Uh, At least that includes me and my daughter, to see which of us are descended from Mayflower people. I think there are something like 25 million descendants of of Mayflower people. Oh, wow. Those pilgrims really knew how to fuck. Right? Yeah. Especially given that there were, I think, only like 132 people on the ship. But anyway, I found out that I'm, like, the ninth... 10th and 11th great grandchild of four different Mayflower people. And I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. I mean, remember, am I uh, supposed to be proud? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure myself. I don't Um, know. Remember when we watched the movie Indecent Proposal for our spinoff podcast, uh, Dire Desires? And uh, we kept talking about how um, Robert Redford had a fuck boat stationed in international waters. I think what we've just learned from this is that that the Mayflower was possibly the original fuck boat. Yes. 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 By the time, like they started out with a hundred, they set sail with one hundred and thirty people, and uh, and by the time they arrived at uh, at Plymouth Rock, 
if, if there were 26 million people on the boat. That's <laughs> that's how much of a fuck boat it was. Yeah. That's why the boat sank. Yeah. I guess what it means is that, well, I don't know what it means. But anyway, <laughs> happy Well, US what it means is, I mean, I feel like, the thing, the thing that you're not admitting is that you were disappointed when you opened this FedEx envelope from from an uncle, and it didn't have like a check, a check for fifty in bucks it. in it, right? Yeah, I was a uh, little bit disappointed. I thought, oh, look, it's an early Christmas present. I uh-huh. actually thought that maybe he and his wife had decided to send out their annual Christmas card this year in like a, a really fancy envelope. Oh yeah, like we need to get this to you at ASAP. Yeah. I'm expecting a FedEx package today. It's uh, some mixed nuts from Target. I'm very excited for that. Ooh, I'm expecting some vitamin D from Pharmaca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just had my annual physical, Matthew. And uh, and they told you to take, they always tell me to take vitamin D, but do I do it? No. Well, I, ha- I had to have a, a blood test and I'm low on vitamin D and I'm a little bit anemic, Matthew. Oh, are you, are you taking some iron too? Um, I'm supposed to take iron three to four days a week. So anyway, uh, welcome to aging with Speaking Matthew and Speaking of iron, Molly. let's talk about silverware. Mm. <laughs> Good segue, huh? That was a really good one. I was taking a drink of water while you said it, which is why That's I was cool. like, mm. um, so should we should we start with memory lane? Yeah, yeah. Take it away. Um, I don't remember having like special silverware when I was growing up. I just remember like boring but fine, like probably Oneida stainless. Uh, mm-hmm. Silver. I don't even remember the pattern, honestly. Like, um, I guess I, I just wasn't into that that, that into <laughs> silverware as a child. <laughs> huh, that's surprising. Um, I think of it's interesting. I wonder if there is like uh, anyone who was born, say, in the late seventies through eighties, who can't picture how the word Oneida is written. Like, I feel like yeah. it's just a brand that, like, it's like the kind of brand like Kleenex or something that just would sort of appear in front of your face and you wouldn't take notice of it, but it was like a, a part of your childhood. Kleenex just appears in front of your face? Like yes, and to, sometimes someone you just blow holds your it nose up every it. time you need to blow your nose? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, that, that totally makes sense. I think of Oneida silverware as well as being ubiquitous in my childhood. I actually don't know who made my parents silverware. Oh, probably um, a silversmith. Maybe Johnny Tremaine? <laughs> anyway. Who's Johnny Tremaine? Johnny Tremaine is the is the star of the book Johnny Tremaine, uh, a, uh, a ripping tale of uh, Revolutionary War hijinks. Is it for children? It's for children. Oh, okay. Uh, we're we're stuck on Percy Jackson right now. Oh, um, a teenager of the show Iris has been rereading Percy Jackson. It's pretty fun. Maybe we should have book club. We should. We should. Uh, anyway, okay, hold on. It's my turn for memory yes. lane. Okay, so I remember, uh, I do remember the silverware, you know, pattern, I guess, you know, silver plate, whatever it was that my parents had um, when I was growing up, and my mother still uses it. My mom still has it. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, anyway, and then I remember, so, you know, my dad was, in addition to being the inventor of Altoids and being mm-hmm. an endive man, my dad was also an estate sale man. Oh, of course. And a garage sale man. Like my, my mom was definitely a garage sale and a, a garage sale. <laughs> garage sale is when like <laughs> the third day of the garage sale and like it is picked <laughs> over and there is like, just like, like a, a dirty hat left. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like got the message when I was young that like a garage sale is fine, but an estate sale is where you get the good shit. Yeah. So my dad, at some point, I think when I was in 
college, he went to a garage sale or an estate sale or something and found like a gallon size Ziploc bag filled with this really nice Scandinavian silverware uh, made by George Jensen. Meet George Jensen. <laughs> Was a Scandinavian designer. Uh-huh. I should have looked up exactly what country George Jensen designed stuff in. Well, but anyway, so I remember like heading off to grad school with this Ziploc baggie of what turned out to be like nice, probably like Danish, you know, silverware in it. it probably, uh, someone had written on the on the bag with a sharpie, probably Danish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I still use that, and it is mixed in with some silverware that Brandon bought on eBay for Delancey. Sure, that he, sounds like the kind of thing he would do. Yes, when we were opening Delancey, he would buy entire boxes of silverware, um, like nice, like you know, vintage or antique stuff, on eBay for like a bulk price, and it would it arrived, and we would have to clean all the years of age off of it. Mm-hmm. And anyway, yeah, I remember like boxes showing up filled with nasty old silverware. And wow. anyway, I still use some of that stuff. So I've got kind of this like weird mix of this like super modern Scandinavian stuff that my dad found for me somewhere and then stuff from eBay. And uh, anyway, I really like having mismatched silverware. That is so interesting. Do you feel strongly about about having like a set of silverware? I'm going to answer your question, but first of all, I want to know like what what about the design makes something super modern Scandinavian silverware? Because I can't actually picture that. Oh, well, it's got very clean lines. Okay. I think that it might be stainless. It it doesn't, it Mm -hmm. never tarnishes. It's got very, very clean lines, no like um, ornamentation, no like floral swoopies, no pattern on it. Yeah. As opposed to a lot of the stuff we got for Delancey, which looks more like stuff you would find uh, in like a, a flea market in another country. Okay, so the answer to your question, and I don't think I really realized this until we just now, I do feel strongly about having matched silverware. Really? We don't have matched drinking glasses. That doesn't bother me. We talked about napkins last time that, like, you know, we always have dinner with three different cloth napkins. I'm fine with that. Like, I don't even care about having matched socks. But, like, I would feel weird setting out mismatched silverware. (laughs) That's so interesting. So, yeah, at my house, we have Why? Mismatched... Why do I care? I don't know, but it's it's a, like, I mean, when I was growing up, we did not have mismatched silverware. Like, all the spoons were the same pattern. All, you know, it was one big set, right? Right. And the same thing went for my mother's, um, you know, um, like, tableware. All her plates and spoons and, I mean, plates and bowls yeah, we, and stuff. Yeah, our, our plates don't even match. They're all, they're all kind of... Bigish white plates, but they're but they're not all the same design. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that yeah, as an adult, it has never been important to me to have stuff that matches. It's just important to me that I like all of it. That makes That's sense. That's the thing for me. Okay, so, so yeah, have, n- none of the things that are on my table match. I have a bunch of other questions about like how like what silverware you have today and how you use it, but I want to get into a little bit of the history of silverware first. Oh, can I give? The, the history of, of my history. Give the really history quick. of your history. So I, we already my, know it goes back to the Mayflower. My Well, my grandmother, uh, my maternal grandmother, on whose side the, this Mayflower stuff went on. Okay. 
Oh, here we go. News flash. Descendant of the Mayflower people used to steal cutlery off of airplanes. My, oh, gr- my grandmother loved to take home. Like, she thought it was, like, very cute and silly, as only, like, a cute older white lady can do to, like, steal something. Right. Yeah, I, I know I know the type, the criminal type. The, the criminal type who could actually get away with it. Yeah, so she um, had in her silverware drawer, which I remember being mismatched, she had a bunch of like little forks and, and little knives and stuff from like TWA in the 80s. I mean, yeah, the now And this was a thing she TWAs. was known to do. But like that, that stuff isn't good. It's not good. I don't know what, but like it's just like the we thrill, all, like of the kleptomania, right? Yes, yes. The the I guess, but yeah, she. I mean, I I still remember kind of learning this as a child that my grandmother had like stolen these things off of airplanes, mm-hmm. and like you know the little giggle that would go through the room at, like, at when we would. <laughs> I'm bad. I need to be spanked. Yeah. You know, exactly. your, your grandmother's classic that's, saying. That's what she was like. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I don't think we have any stolen silverware at the moment, but I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. All right. So. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there's some crime in, in my in my family background, but I'm not sure what kind. Do you remember when there used to be actual like cutlery on airplanes? I do. And I feel like. I feel like I've run across it fairly recently, like maybe on an international flight. And, and to be clear, like I'm not talking like business class or something I can't afford. So I, I don't think it's totally gone away. Yeah. Yeah, they but, were but always. I, I don't know because I didn't steal it. Oh, well, next time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, next, <laughs> the next time I get on a plane, I'm going to really make it, make it count by stealing <laughs> the silverware, even <laughs> if it's plastic. Great. Okay, go on. Okay, you ready? You ready to dig into some history? I'm ready. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, cutlery includes any hand implement used in preparing, serving, and especially eating food in Western culture. A person who makes or sells cutlery is called a cutler. Hmm. The major items of cutlery in Western qu- culture are the knife, fork, and spoon. And I, I realized as I was doing this that I could go down like a big rabbit hole, like figuring out like what's the history of the knife, what's the history of the fork, what's the history of the spoon. But we're we're really talking here is like industrial produced sets of silverware or cutlery that that like anyone can afford and did you at any point uh in doing your research were you tempted to do like the major items of cutlery in non-western culture i was thinking about that also and then and then i decided no we, we will do it like a chopsticks episode but okay. uh but this this is just going to be about like you know fork spoons and knives that you eat with Great. Okay. Okay. Carry on. Carry on. Okay. These three implements first appeared together on tables in Britain in the Georgian era. And I was like, okay, what's the Georgian era? I know that's like old timey England. (laughs) Did you know that it's called the Georgian era because there were four King Georges? I didn't. During the Georgian era? During the Georgian era. Era. Area. That's what they called the palace, the Georgian area, because there were so many Georges. There was George the first, second, third, and sometimes fourth. Wow. George the Fourth was the regent. So if you've heard of the Regency era, that was him. Wow. Okay. I wonder why they just kept using the same name. Like, were they just? Was there like something that was keeping them from, uh, from, from y- using their creative naming skills? For like what? Like for each like, other. 
Oh, oh, like, like, no, I, I think even, even now, like, if you're, if you become like the king or the pope or something, you have to have a boring name. Or even, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole looking into the, like the Biden family. Like, oh, yeah, I have a story about this. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, I guess it's all related to like, I mean, Bo Biden's real name was, you know, like Joseph R. Biden the third or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I, I guess, yeah, if you're a fancy guy, you're going to want to give your son your name on and on into infinity. Yeah. Were you tempted to, to make June? The second? <laughs> yeah, I was tempted to. Yeah, but then, then it was confusing because, you know, Molly's not my legal name. That's true. So then it was like, do I call her Molly Weisenberg Jr.? <laughs> do I give her like my legal name? I think and Molly Weisenberg it- Jr. is pretty cute. <laughs> I, think you, I think it's not too late. Well, that's, that's where we came up with the name June. Oh, it's short for Junior, of course. (laughs) I knew that. Yeah, okay. Oh, so there is a mayor of a small town in Kumamoto Prefecture in Japan who is blowing up on Japanese social media lately because uh, you can uh, very easily read the characters of his name as Joe Biden. Wait, what? <laughs> so that's not his name, but as you know, like like kanji in, in, in Japanese can be read many different ways. And if you look at this guy's name, a very a very natural reading for it would be first name or like given name Joel and family name Biden. Biden. Oh, to, uh, to be my clear again, God. that's not actually his name, but people but like in, in people in Japan love to play around with uh, like wordplay is huge in Japanese culture. So as soon as someone knows this is like, oh, we've got Mayor Joe Biden. That's adorable. <laughs> yes, it's cute. I love that. I didn't know that that wordplay was huge. Oh, in, yes. In... Oh. Uh, there's also a, a town in Japan called Obama. I love that. Okay, so let's go back to the history of cutlery, shall we? So the center of cutlery production in England was and remains the town of Sheffield in Yorkshire. There, well, I'll get to to this in a minute because I have exclusive to spilled milk. Teenager of the show Iris has a friend who lives in Sheffield. I did not get permission. I'm not going to use their name. So this is an anonymous teenager of Sheffield. But I did get permission to quote from a conversation that they had with teenager of the show Iris about cutlery in Sheffield. Are you ready for this? Oh, my God. I'm ready for this. (laughs) This is from an actual person from Sheffield. Stainless steel was invented here, and most of the cutlery in the country came from here. The name Sheffield has become synonymous with quality steel, and that legacy is maintained for so long that now you must ask permission from the master cutler, the head of the Cutler's Guild, to have the label Made in Sheffield put on any kind of product, regardless of what it is. And then they go on to say, the best quality scalpels are still made here by the brand Swan Morton. And finally, I was briefly in a thing at secondary school that was an engineering program run by the Cutler's Guild, and we met the master cutler and went into Cutler's Hall sometimes. Wait a minute, Matthew. How did you obtain this quote? I mentioned I mentioned to teenager of the show Iris that I was that I was working on uh, a silverware episode research and uh, and that silverware is from Sheffield and they were like oh my friends from Sheffield so so Sheffield Sheffield huge in the in the uh, history of stainless steel and of cutlery I don't know what this means exactly but I had to read this sentence from Wikipedia because I I 
I got a little bit into the history of stainless steel, and this just struck me as like one of my favorite sentences that I've ever heard. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. In 1818 to 19, David Mushet built a, built a foundry named Dark Hill Ironworks in the Forest of Dean. Oh my God, Matthew. Isn't that incredible? I think that you need to uh, use that as like the first sentence of a yes, short story. Of course, or or like a novel. Like yes. A novel set in the Industrial Revolution. Yes. Like a like, real a real Johnny Tremaine type of thing. I'm still not remembering who Johnny <laughs> Tremaine is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, wait, but yeah, he's, he's, per- he's going to come back. The Percy Jackson guy, the Percy he's, Jackson he's, guy. Yeah, he, he's uh, he was a uh, uh, American Revolutionary period metallurgist who who learned that he was a Greek god. Oh, good. Did mm-hmm. he have a friend um, who was a satyr? He had a friend who was who was a satyr and invited him for a Passover meal. Oh, I love this story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's get it. Let's read some more history from Wikipedia because I love this. Okay. Are you ready? This Mm -hmm. is also going to go into the story. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention there is a train to this day, a train service that runs from Sheffield to London called the Master Cutler. God, that's great. At Sheffield, the trade of Cutler became divided with allied trades such as razor maker, all bladesmith, shearsmith, and fork maker emerging and becoming distinct trades by the 18th century. I love the specificity of this. You can get, you can order business cards with anything you want printed on them. Shearsmith. So would that be somebody who like makes scissors? Yeah. Okay. And I think so. Okay. Wow. My, I was just going to say my my uh, business card is going to say all bladesmith. Do I know what that is? Nope. <laughs> Are you going to spell it A W L or A L L? It's A W L. Okay. No, maybe maybe I'll spell it A L L because I'm, I'm like <laughs> I make all blades. Oh uh, yeah. Matthew, tell me what happened in 1913. In 1913, the British metallurgist Harry Brearley discovered stainless steel by chance, bringing affordable cutlery to the masses. This metal has come to be the predominant one used in cutlery. An alternative is Melchior, corrosion-resistant nickel and copper alloy, which can also sometimes contain manganese and nickel iron. Mm. Which, which are you more partial to uh, stainless steel or Melchior? For your for your cutlery. When you say Melchior, it it's one of the three wise men, right? It keeps reminding me of muscle milk, (laughs) (laughs) which which we've been asked to do an episode on a number of times. We probably should. Yeah. Oh no, I can't. I like even the name of it. Like, I'm already. I'm somebody who really struggles with like drinking milk. So the idea of muscle milk is, even though I know it's not milk, nor is it muscle, it's hard for me. Yeah, no, it sounds gross, but I would try it. I would try it for an episode just because I love the listeners. I don't. I would ride the Mayflower with them. So there's stainless, there's silver plate, then there's like for the fancy people, there's like sterling, sterling silver. So okay. sterling silver is just solid silver. Okay. So it's a it's a fairly expensive metal. It's not like not like gold, but uh, right. but pretty expensive. There's silver plate, so like looks like silver, but is silver plated steel. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's stainless steel, which is by far the most common material for, for cutlery, silverware these days. And then apparently there's milky ore, which I've never heard of and possibly never seen. So I know that if you have sterling, you have to polish it. Yeah. Silver plate have to be polished? I believe so. It, it does. It can tarnish, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think the whole point of these things, it's like one of these things like, like you know, a uh, a cool looking car that breaks down all the time where like the point is like I can afford this and like I can afford the, the upkeep on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And finally, uh, Oneida Silverware, the leading brand in the U.S., grew out of the Oneida community, which was sort of a free love commune in upstate New York in the 19th century. And there is an excellent Planet Money episode about the history of the Oneida community, which we will link to in the show notes. Fun. Okay. So that's it for the history of silverware. And then and then people just like started like, you know, they would, they would order a fork from their local fork maker and and just get down to forking. Uh, do you do you have special occasion silverware or do you only have like one stock of silverware? Uh, so I've got, you know, the silverware that lives in my kitchen. Oh, and okay. Then, yeah, I wanted to talk about this. What about it? <laughs> well, is that is the silverware that lives in your kitchen separate from the silverware that you use at the table? No, no. Okay. Oh, but you have like a you have a jar on the counter. That's right. Of, of silverware that you use for like cooking, like at this tasting point, spoons. At this point, I've like almost that. forgotten that that you've been in my kitchen. I thought you were just my internet friend. <laughs> uh, but yes, I I realized like some many years ago now that like when I was in the kitchen, like my my silverware stock for setting the table is like you know. 10 feet from the kitchen. And when I was in the kitchen, I was always wanting like a fork to taste something or a spoon um, or a butter knife to like spread peanut butter on a piece of toast that I toasted in the kitchen. And like, I could just buy some silverware to be my kitchen only silverware. And I did. This is so interesting to me because your kitchen is, so your kitchen is technically smaller than mine. Yeah. Technically in the sense that it is smaller. Well, I also removed a, a part of the countertop in my kitchen so that oh. I didn't feel because uh, you used to have to pass through like a series of of tests. Yeah, yeah, it was totally like American Gladiator to get in and out of oh, my kitchen. God, I love American Gladiators. No, there used to be like a one foot wide space between the refrigerator and this part of the counter that where the stove sat. Okay. Um, I don't know if you remember coming it actually around the time that June was born, that was still there. Like yeah, my kitchen really was this that. like very small little square that you had to kind of squeeze yourself into. And then we cut out that part of the counter so that the kitchen you could actually enter it without, you know, bruising your hip. Okay. Anyway, uh, but it's interesting to me that you have your silverware technically in the dining room. Yeah. Well, but that, I mean, like, well, that's I mean, your true, kitchen the, and dining the room are separated. Are in the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, you're and and to be and to be clear, your kitchen and dining room are basically like one room, but yeah. that are sort of divided by uh, like a partial countertop that's got a sink in it. Right. There's no, um, there's no good reason for any of this. I think there was like no drawer in the kitchen that would have made a good silverware drawer. That's true. You guys have. Well, I, mean, I was about to say why? you have fewer drawers than I do, but you don't actually. I only have four. Yeah, no, we, have, we have five drawers. Okay. I think. Anyway, that's really interesting. So yeah, no, my silverware lives in the kitchen, despite the fact that we. Our our table where we eat is technically outside the kitchen. It's the it's exactly the opposite of my of my arrangement. This is so interesting. It is. <laughs> 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 I also. 
also think I don't want to leave. So, you know, you've got one of those like sort of like plastic trays with compartments where you keep yeah. your silverware, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I have one of those too, but mine's in a drawer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like a part of me that doesn't want to leave it sitting out because like there's like dust and stuff. And I feel like the, that little tray gets dirty enough as it is even sitting in a drawer. I don't know it how does. it gets dirty. Do you, do you have the experience that like if you're staying, if you're like visiting someone else's house or staying at an Airbnb or something that it seems like you have to open seven drawers before you find the silverware drawer every time? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Isn't how that weird? I remember in my house growing up, the silverware drawer was very intuitive. Like it was the top Well, it was drawer. intuitive to you because it was your house. But it was the top drawer. I mean, I didn't. Yeah. S- anyway, it was the top drawer. I'm going to I'm going to switch my underwear drawer and the silverware drawer and Do just see what that. happens. That's great. I mean, it's no less convenient than your current setup, is it? That's right. No, like, like, and like, you know, if I need to change my underwear in the kitchen, like I'd be ready to roll. <laughs> anyway, okay. But to get back to your question, do I have special silverware? Yeah, right. So I feel weird admitting this because uh-huh. I, I'm sure this is a marker of, you know, the the social class that I was born into. But yeah, I mean, when I, when Brandon and I got married, my mother wanted to give us a set of like good silver, quote Mm -hmm. unquote. And she wound up buying it. So my mom is a fitness instructor and she wound up buying it, I think, from a client, sort of like an inside job estate. Sounds like a real inside job. So yeah, I have it. It came in um, this wooden box that's lined with that like Pacific cloth stuff, that like silver cloth that keeps it from tarnishing, you know? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what this is at all. Oh, it's it's sort of, it feels almost like a microfiber cloth. Okay. Anyway, I've never used it and I've had it for 13 years. I was going to ask like, who who do you bring it out for? Because like I've been to your house and I, <laughs> I never got the good silverware. I have never used it. Ever. It's a really like over the top ornate pattern. It's nothing I would ever choose, but I can kind of appreciate it in its over the topness. Like you would never look at it and think, oh, Molly picked this out. Okay, next time, next time I'm allowed to come to your house, maybe like mid next year. I want I want you to invite me over and uh, and like serve me some like you know like a, a Stouffer's French bread pizza with the with good silver. The good silver. Anyway, yeah, but I don't know if this is something that people still. Uh, I think a lot of people still have the special silverware that never gets used, and I, I think a lot of people still have like special wine glasses that almost never get used. Oh, I, I use the special wine glasses and we Good. break them all the time. Yeah. Oh my God, it's constant. But what I was going to say, Matthew, is I've even sort of crossed over into being a, of of the age that I have like hosted holidays and things like that. Mm-hmm. But still, it never occurs to me to get out the silver. I don't know. Do you think if if uh, if your mom is listening to this episode that she's going to be disappointed? To hear no, this? she knows how I feel about the silver. She okay, knows great. that it is over the top. <laughs> she knows I appreciate the over the topness of it. I'm sure that someday, like when I do get out, get it out and use it, it's going to be really fun. And I just need to maybe you know we're not traveling for Christmas this year. Maybe I'll bust it out and use it on Christmas. Okay, can can we get like a picture? Maybe. Of the fancy silverware? Okay. Maybe. I you feel that, a people? little bit Maybe. embarrassed. Like, I mean, I, I know. I, I know. I, I understand. I, yeah, anyway. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I have, like, 
you know, special silverware only for the kitchen. You know, the funny thing, and this is very funny, is that I think I actually like the kitchen silverware better than the good silverware, the good-ish silverware that, that we keep in the dining room. Well, so you picked out the kitchen silverware. Who picked out the dining ware silverware? Oh, uh, uh, wife of the show, Lori, and I picked it out together. And it's it's fine. It's got sort of like a like a, like a frosted ski jump design on the handles. Oh, and, I uh, remember it. Yeah, it's, it's, got it's, a little, it's a little swoopy, isn't it? It's, it's a little swoopy. Yeah. Did you pick it out in 1996 when you got married? No, we actually had a previous silverware that we ended up, the, the one that we picked out when we got married, that we ended up giving away after a while because it was kind of flimsy. And so mm. we, wanted, we wanted something more more sturdy. When you got married, you know, you guys, again, for all the listeners who don't remember, you guys were, were quite young. But did you did you get any of that, like, fancy stuff? Like, was that like a part of the expectation in the Amster or Burton families? I don't remember getting any fancy stuff. I think we got a lot of practical stuff. I think there are still some some wedding gifts that are still kicking around that we still use. Like we've mm-hmm. got these we've got these like blue glass bowls that are like just like the most plain mixing bowls that are like dishwasher and microwave safe and I've seen those right right that are kind of unbreakable I think those may have been wedding presents you know what I have um, a set of four red bowls that are I think probably made by a similar company they're sort of unbreakable the, the Sheffield bowl works Oh, maybe that's it. Mine mm-hmm. are like the size of like a kind of a large cereal bowl. They're not mixing bowl size. But I remember um, I was given some sort of gift by a family friend when I graduated from college that was just a useless gift. Like, I don't know. Like, just God, it's so indicative of where I grew up and what mattered there. Like, I think I was given some sort of like dumb silver like votive what's a votive like I know a, what a, votive a candle. holder for a small candle oh okay oh that makes sense now why they're called votive candles anyway so i think i took it to the kitchenware store that i knew it had come from and i traded it in for four of these red glass nice. bowls and i still have them and june and ash particularly love to use them to eat ramen oh yeah that sounds great but the, i mean it's really cool actually i love having shit that I've had forever. So like I've had these bowls now for like 20 years and that's deeply satisfying to me. Oh, by the way, after we talked last recently about um, peelers, we we got a new peeler because our old peeler had gotten really we'd had for a long time and uh, had gotten dull. And like using a brand new peeler to like peel a, a carrot or a parsnip is so satisfying. It Did was... you get one of the like like four ninety nine Y peeler ones from Kuhn Rye? No, it's a, it's an OXO Good Grips. Uh, okay. Yeah, I love my. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Kuhn Raikun. How do you? Pr- I've never felt like really comfortable using the the Y peeler. Oh my god, I love it, and they're like seriously like four ninety nine. Yeah, they no, last I, I know what long- you mean. I love yeah. them. Please advertise on our show, everybody. Okay, I will. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What about any, like, uh, sort of, like, non-fork, knife, spoon, silverware items do, that you use? Like, do you, how do you feel about grapefruit spoons or, like, ice I would call spoons? that a spoon. I would not put that in the non-fork, knife, spoon category. But it's it has but it's it, a but special it serrations. No, I I've you I, wouldn't set I've, it out in place of a spoon. I think we might have that. <laughs> you would you would if you were if you were a prankster. <laughs> um, maybe on April first, if you were a fun loving kind of person. I think I've used the grapefruit spoon once or once or twice, but I don't know if we still have one. And like I'm capable of eating a grapefruit grapefruit without it. <laughs> You're also capable of saying grapefruit. I'm not. Um, I I I know we've talked about grapefruit spoons before, maybe on a grapefruit episode. Brandon is a fan of the grapefruit spoon, and actually, when we divorced, I gave him his grapefruit spoon. Oh, that's I, why I said, it was so amicable. Yes, uh, what I said was actually uh, take your grapefruit spoon and go, like <laughs> like at the end of Top Chef or whatever it uh-huh. is. Yeah, I've never and liked that's gra- actually how you told him that you wanted to separate. <laughs> It's very surprising. Uh, Anyway, I don't like the feeling of grapefruit spoons in my mouth, so I don't use them. Um, But I do have other kind of like marginal silverware items that I use. Like I have a couple of, um, I think they're called, I don't even know how we got them. I think they came in like one of those big boxes of silverware from eBay. A couple of fish knives. Oh, Do you know what I mean by fish Uh... knives? They have kind of a funny shaped head. They're not shaped like a like a dinner like a dinner knife or a table knife. Oh, um, they okay. have a slightly different shaped blade. <laughs> okay, wait, I have to interrupt because okay. I just googled fish knife because I wanted to know what it was, and uh, what came up was a, an article called "Is the fish knife our most pretentious utensil?" The it- fish knife is the epitome of gentility. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, this looks pretty nice. I'm fine with owning this this aspect of, of my life. Matthew, yeah, so a couple of fish knives came in in that big box of stuff <laughs> sounds like, from eBay. It sounds like the start of a joke. A couple of fish wives <laughs> went into a bar. Anyway, and I now use them primarily for things like, this morning actually, I just used one to scoop some jam out of a jam jar. Like, I, I like it better than a dinner knife because it's shorter. It's like, you know how a dinner knife, the, the handle has some weight to it, right? Yes. Well, a fish knife, the handle is thinner and not as heavy. So I can, like, leave it in the jam jar while I do something else, and it's not going to tip the jar over. Okay. I see okay? what you mean. Anyway, so I've got a couple of those. I mean, I, also... I think leaving a knife sticking out of the jam jar does make you some kind of, It makes you enough of a barbarian that it offsets the... The, the... fact that I have a couple of fish knives. Exactly. Uh, does the fact that, that I got the fish knives as part of a bulk, like, old silverware purchase on eBay do anything to... Oh, off... yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay, great. Okay, other things. Oh, other things that came in in that box of stuff were some iced teaspoons, which... I hate the feeling of in my mouth. They've got kind of sharp edges on the actual spoon. Okay. But that I seems love not them great. 
on the rare occasion that I make myself a cocktail at home. Yes, agreed. Oh my God, they're great for like stirring um, a cocktail, you know, uh, on ice before straining it. Yeah, it's just it's Love just like that. a like a teaspoon with a long handle, right? Yes, yes, um, yeah. Because I have an actual cocktail spoon, like not mm-hmm. to brag, but but the iced teaspoon is better, I think. Yeah, I I love. I think I have maybe four iced teaspoons. Anyway, I think, I think I have one. I kind of love that all. I have all these like random bits yeah. of silverware because of like having to weed things out when when we were opening Delancey. We have that came with our silverware set a like a scalloped spoon that Lori told me is a sugar spoon. Uh, hmm. And it like lives with the other spoons and is like when everything else is in the dishwasher, like someone has, has to use the the uh, sugar spoon. Uh, I think I know what you mean. Is it scalloped all the way around or only on one side? Well, it's sort of it's sort of like bulbs out. Oh, I see it. Yeah, I see, it, it, it's kind of like it really is like a scallop shell. It is like a scallop shell. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing that a sugar shell spoon. Yeah. This. Okay. I'm. I'm seeing this. This is not actually really the one we have. The, the one we have is, is is like simpler than this and not as scallop shelly. But it's the basic. That's the basic idea. I feel like there's also something called a fish spoon. Hold up. I'm gonna look this up. Yes. Any. Any. This you could is say the weirdest anything. looking. This is the weirdest looking spoon. The fish let's, spoon. Okay, let's just have this be the rest oh, of the no, show. Oh, no, it's a French sauce spoon. There we go. A French sauce spoon or a saucier spoon. Oh. Whoa. I've always wondered what those were. I feel like I've seen them occasionally. I don't even know where I've seen these. See the, how let's have this be the rest of the show. And not just this episode, but like the rest of the entire run of Spilled Milk is like we, we say some word in front of a utensil and then Google to see what it looks like. Perfect. Wait, Matthew, I have some other oh, like, yeah, utensils this, oh, I want to talk about. This saucier spoon is so fancy. Right? Yes. Wait, I have some other things I want to talk about. Please, go ahead. So my parents also had – so, okay, in our silverware compartment growing up – uh, in our silverware, you know, what do you call that? Like a, a divided tray that fits in a drawer, right? Yeah, like I, I would call it a silverware tray. You know, the one that sits at the back and runs horizontal, whereas yes, the rest that's are where vertical? we keep our spoons. Ah, okay. Well, that's where my parents have always kept like the random stuff. Uh, it's where I keep my fish knives. That's where I keep like random tiny spoons. Like, do you have any like tiny, tiny spoons? I think we do. Yeah, like one or two. But my parents always had back in that section um, a couple of different knives with uh, a wooden handle and not like steak knives with a wooden handle, but like a like an un unvarnished wooden handle and one was like a definitely a butter spreader it had kind of an oval blade to it we have one of those i love that my mom still has it and i love it i i have never used it oh my god i love it hers also had just the right amount the blade was kind of uh, flimsy like a like a boning knife Okay, yeah, I know what you mean. And so it was like really nice for spreading butter on something that was hot. Oh, yeah. God, it was great. But then she also had something that had a blade kind of more like a table knife, like a a dull blade that was more the shape of a table knife. But it was shorter and smaller and on a like kind of a plain wooden handle. And I always loved that, too, for butter. I love all these like random little little pieces of yeah i cutlery. think the random the random things like i i th- i think it's cute 
that that they exist and all, but like I never actually use them. Okay. Well. Okay. So picture it. You're sitting down around the table with your family. I'm, like, I'm picturing it. Which utensils do you use most and least, like oh. on average during okay. meals? Okay. Fork by, uh, by far the most. Yeah. I would say knife and spoon in that order. Oh, interesting. I think for me it's the opposite. It's it's fork, spoon, knife. I'm I'm torn. There are certain meals uh, of course where like pretty much all we need is a spoon. But I think that the majority of the time the the knife goes ahead of the spoon because I like to use the knife too to like scoot stuff onto the fork. That is that is a good point. Like I I think I think I have some weird eating habits. Is I think what we're gonna get into. Well, I think you definitely every, every, have weird napkin wadding habits. Like I think everybody already knows this by now that that uh, that I have some weird eating habits. But like I almost never use a butter knife during a meal. I have noticed that. Wait, I by will, butter knife? Do you mean table knife? Table knife. Wait, you don't call that a butter knife? No, I call that like a table knife or a dinner knife. Oh. Okay, listeners, get in touch. Okay, there, it, find us on the Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk or contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Do you call it a table knife or a butter knife or something else? Or a the, dinner the, knife. The dull, or dinner knife. The dull, the dull knife that you set at the table with a fork and spoon. Okay. Oh, I can't wait to find out what people say. I can't I'm wait the, I'm on the I, edge I, of my seat. Okay, so one thing I do that I should probably stop doing is I will definitely like poke things onto my fork with my finger. Really? Yeah. Instead of the knife. I was raised by bears, apparently. Huh. That's so interesting. I remember, gosh, I've never noticed that about you. Yeah, I don't think I do it a lot, but I do do it. I definitely use the knife for that. Do you do you do the um, the like uh, do you hold your knife and fork like the U.S. way? Like, okay, if you're right handed, you will. And let's say you're eating a steak. okay? Mm -hmm. you will hold the fork in your left hand, spear the meat, use your right hand to operate the knife. Then you put the (laughs) knife down and you switch hands and feed yourself with the fork in your right hand. That is exactly what I do. Yes. Okay. On the rare occasions that I'm eating steak. I have occasionally challenged myself to see... I'm I'm really fun to live with. I have occasionally (laughs) challenged myself to see if I could, like, do it the European way, like, through an entire meal. And then everyone has to suffer through one of Molly's 30-day Euro challenges. (laughs) Like, why don't you just move to Sheffield already? But I can't... Like, I don't understand doing that with peas. I mean, for God's sake, like, don't push stuff onto the back of the fork. That is just Wait, is that a thing? Oh, God, yes. Like, if they are, um, you know how there are things that you spear with the fork, and then there are things that you, like, use the fork to scoop up, right? I guess I always assumed that they would just use the dominant hand for the scooping. I have seen people, no, like, they don't don't usually switch hands. Like, the fork lives in one hand. So, therefore, if you are scooping, you're scooping onto the back of the fork, and you use the knife to push it up against gravity. So, do people in England carry a fork in their dominant hand just most? Most of the time? All the time. All I mean, the time. It's, it's really tricky when they're trying to do something like carry a bag and mm-hmm. go through like a subway turnstile. Or make love. Or make love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You but know, you know, it, you know it's my a- advice is uh, uh, clo- close your eyes and think of England, but then open them because you're going to need to watch out for that fork. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is how the saying goes. Yep. Anyway, yeah. So I think that I sometimes keep the fork in my left hand if I'm spearing things. If it's a kind of meal where I'm spearing with the fork, I will keep <laughs> it in my left hand and use the right hand to use the knife in like a you know, a scooping yeah. motion. But then there are other entire meals where I keep the fork in my right hand. Okay, that makes sense. I'm this now is thrilling. Answer, ask you a question that could could cause like a real schism. What do you use to eat cake or pie? A fork, a spoon, or something else? Big time fork. Absolutely no spoon. You wind up like smearing stuff, like no, no, no. You wind up leaving smears of stuff on the spoon. I don't like that. I mean, I can understand maybe using a spoon for pie, maybe, but you can also use a fork for pie and you can still scrape every last little bit of it off the plate. I don't like eating dessert with a fork. I'm a I'm a major spoon over user in general. I think gross. But, but like, I will cake with a with a spoon. No, no. I will cake with a with a spoon because. I, I don't really like how a fork feels in my mouth, and like a spoon is definitely the nicest of the of the cutlery no. to put in your mouth. Mm-mm. And and a fork just has kind of savory connotations to me. No, no, you're wrong. <laughs> See, I told you there was going to be a schism. Wow, this is I had no idea how strongly I felt about this. I just. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, my my mom is totally with you, and like if 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 she's made a dessert and and invited us over, and I ask for a spoon, she's like like who raised you? That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. But uh, you know, this is kind of okay. For instance, Matthew, if you guys have baked brownies, this this is unrelated to silverware. But if, <laughs> oh, okay. But if you guys have baked brownies and yeah. you're going to eat brownies for dessert, do you want to eat them at room temperature or warm? Oh, I want to eat a brownie out of the fridge if possible, but otherwise room temperature. Oh, okay, this is interesting. I was wondering if it was going to fall along the same lines. So, uh, like a chocolate chip cookie, I would like warm, not hot right out of the oven because then it's like soup, but warm. Well, like so, yesterday I, I went to the grocery store. So we're recording this in uh, like second week of November here in Seattle, Washington, and I went to the grocery store around four p.m. yesterday. And by the time I came out of the grocery store, which was not very long after, it was like dark outside. All of a sudden, it's it's winter here. As I was in the grocery store feeling kind of chilled and feeling like it was like 8 p.m. instead of 4.15 p.m., mm-hmm. I decided I know, I know what you're talking about. that what I needed was some brownie mix Yeah, in order to make the day feel right. So I bought some Ghirardelli double chocolate brownie mix and That's I came home. That's the best home. one. Oh, God, it was so good. I came home and mixed up a box of brownies. You know what? I I think the schism is healed. Prepping the rest of dinner. Anyway, but what I was going to say is that when it came time to eat the brownies later, I, you know, I I cut up the pan of brownies, took my brownie, put it on a little plate and ate it with a fork. Okay? Okay. Ash took their brownie, put it in a shallow bowl, microwaved it, put ice cream on top of it and ate it with a spoon. And I was like, I could get behind that. No. No, no, no. I don't just don't. Think I don't. That's... I don't love the brownie Sunday concept. Like, will mm-hmm. I eat it because it's a brownie and ice cream? Yes, but it, like, I would rather have either of those things separately. Yeah. But like yeah. the the choice of utensil. Like, if you're gonna have a brownie Sunday, spoon all the way. If you were gonna just eat a brownie on a, I mean, okay. To be fair, I don't usually use cutlery when eating a brownie. I right. Me either. Pick it up. But for some reason, I I, I decided to eat it on a plate with cutlery. What cutlery would you use in that instance? If I were eating a brownie off a plate with cutlery, a spoon. No. (laughs) 
Sorry. Okay, okay the, sch- the schism is is uh, the the beef it's, it's the beef reopened. has been uh, yeah the beef has been reopened. <laughs> um, okay, I have a question, and then I have something I want to share, and then and then probably we should wrap things up. What's going on lately in Animal Crossing? Oh, okay. So here's a hot tip for uh, for anybody who's listening to this early in the day uh, on on U.S. Thanksgiving. June told me that a moose is doing a cooking demonstration on Thanksgiving on Animal Crossing. <laughs> And she's excited about it. Do you need like tickets? Like, how do you know how to get to the moose? The moose cooking demo. I don't really demo? know. There were fireworks on the Fourth of July, and she was excited about that. But then okay. said that they were underwhelming. So I don't know how she finds these things. I don't know how she learns about it. Anyway, but yeah, everybody, don't miss that moose cooking demo. Okay, today. yeah, like like get <laughs> hop in like like right now. Uh, again, this is a game I've never played, but like get to go to the moose area. And, mm-hmm. and watch that cooking demo. What do you think a moose would cook? Do you think mm. chocolate moose? Well, I wonder since it's Thanksgiving, uh, what it's going to cook. You know, if it's yeah, going to be Thanksgiving like, what's themed, a traditional or moose is it going to be like moose puns? Is it going to make like a turkey moose, a chocolate moose, a, a stuffing moose? I think it's going to be moose puns. Okay. Um, okay, so that's, uh, that's, that's our, our Animal uh, Crossing segment. Animal Crossing <laughs> segment. I want to propose a new segment. It's uh, what are the cute animals right now? So as you as you may know, on the internet, there are cute animal videos and watching them can be very soothing when you're stressed yeah. out. And so like, like Fat Bear Week, like Fat Bear Week. Exactly. So first. So now that I watch a couple of them now, YouTube is recommending me all sorts of cute animal videos. And so now <laughs> I am equipped to let you know, like, which are which are the cutest animals and like, which are the cute animals you need to watch now? OK, Okay, so this is us. this is an informational segment. Okay, so first up, capybaras. <gasps> uh, capybaras are big right now. And okay, they take okay. baths and oh they God, eat things Google like it. like a bunch of capybaras will swarm a watermelon and and eat it with like big, lots and lots of like chewing and crunching. <gasps> Highly recommended. <gasps> oh my God, capybaras! They are they're so... they're big friendly rodents. Oh my God, they're so cute. Yes, you know their noses really look a lot like guinea pigs. I think they're closely related. Oh, my God. I love them. Did you know that we've had a little guinea pig change up here at our household? I didn't know that. What's going on? This is real life, not Animal Crossing. This is not Animal Crossing. We had two guinea pigs, Ron and Albie. And Ron and Albie, um, they just like resisted our efforts to tame them. Like oh, they was there a did, schism? There was a schism between them and us. We okay. loved them, but they never loved us. Oh, so are you sure you didn't accidentally get cats? <laughs> no. We had guinea pigs. They also they uh there's so much work. Oh my god. So much work. The amount of cleaning they require. Uh, they smelled much more than we expected them mm-hmm. to. Anyway, however, Ash is a real animal lover in general. Like, I think of myself as an animal lover, but Ash is a real animal lover. And Ash went to Petco one day to get more hay for the guinea pigs and saw that they had a guinea pig in a tiny cage at Petco. Okay. And just had to rescue it. And Ash let the manager really have it. And the manager was quickly like, oh, oh, well, we're no longer selling that guinea pig. We're giving it away. We're, we're, we're putting it up for adoption. You know, we feel sad about it, too. So anyway, Ash could not get this guinea pig out of their mind. And they wound up 
basically rescuing this guinea pig from Petco sure. f- for free. Brought him home. His name is Percy. And he's named course. after Percy Jackson. And, you know, you're not... So guinea pigs are herd animals. You're not... So, they're not supposed to be very happy as solo pets. And if you have one solo, y- you must spend a lot of time with it and provide it a lot of attention and care. Mm-hmm. But Percy turned out to be the guinea pig of our dreams. Oh. So we wound up actually returning Ron and Albie to the woman who raised them and who like lives on a farm and is a major guinea pig fan. Okay, that's good. And now we have one guinea pig who receives a wild amount of attention and love. He is the guinea pig we were always looking for. And, And, uh, spoiler alert, is going to turn out to be descended from the Greek god Poseidon. Yes! Yes! Anyway... (laughs) Does he like baths? He's so cute, and he really... He loves us. And can you can you post a guinea pig picture? I can. I'll send you a guinea. I'll send, send me you a guinea an, pig picture. I'll send you and Abby a guinea pig picture, and you can maybe find a way to post it. I feel bad admitting that we have a single guinea pig because I, I think a lot of guinea pig fans won't feel good about that. But we give this dude so much attention and care, and he has changed so much since we brought him home. He has really come out of his shell, and I'm really happy for all of us. If it has a shell, you may have gotten a lobster. <laughs> but his claws are so non-pinchery. That that's a good Pin- point. Pincer, pincer. Yeah. Okay, but I I wasn't finished. Like like I, I agree that that, that uh, guinea pigs belong in the segment. What are the cute animals you need to know? Let me just call it the cute animals you need to know. That's pretty snappy, right? Yeah. So capybaras, yes. Guinea pigs, yes. I got two more, and and there'll be further updates as events warrant. Okay. You need to know about baby stoats. A stoat is a kind of weasel. The the babies look like a cartoon weasel. Okay. Uh, Go onto YouTube and search for Whisper the Stoat, because there's a baby stoat named Whisper that you need to meet, and in one of the videos, there's there's like a, a title card that says, Whisper the Stoat is Getting Stronger, and we've been like saying- How do you spell stoat? S-T-O-A-T. Uh, and so we've been, we've been saying around the house, Whisper the Stoat is Getting Stronger <laughs> at every possible opportunity. <laughs> Finally. Oh my God. Another baby, another cute animal oh, you need to know. Oh, he's got a real meerkat vibe. Right? Yeah. Uh, also, a, also a ferret vibe. Of yes, real I think, I think, ferret. I mean, five. stoats and ferrets are both kinds of weasels. I'm not sure about meerkats. I'm not sure about these meerkats. Um, um, okay, I prefer capybaras. Okay, next and finally for this segment, but this segment is for sure going to be back. Baby beavers. So search for oh, Point Defiant God. Zoo baby beaver. This video is one minute long. And it's the cutest thing you've ever seen. Oh, I accidentally searched for Point Defiance baby musk ox. Oh, that's probably <laughs> cute. It's really cute. Oh my God, look yes. at this baby beaver. The baby beaver's name is Butternut. Oh my God, baby beaver Butternut makes her debut. Uh-huh. Oh my God. So to, it's important that we rank these, these baby animals. <laughs> baby beavers are the cutest. Okay, hold on, Matthew. I'm sending you right now a picture of Percy. He, in this picture, is wadded up in a sweatshirt. 
So you okay. can only see his head. But then I'm going to send you a picture of him back when he was at Petco. The other thing I should add is that I had seen him at Petco, too, like a month earlier. But you were lacking in compassion? Well, no. I was like, oh, my God, this guinea pig is in way too small a cage. Yeah. He looked really, like, low energy. Like, guinea Aww. pigs... The picture just came through. You very rarely see them sleeping with their eyes closed. And he was sleeping with his eyes closed for a very long time. And even when we brought him home, he was like really lethargic at first. And then now he is a real spitfire. I would say maybe cuter than a capybara, but like maybe third behind stoats and beavers. Yeah. Okay, fine. But anyway, oh. see the, look at the second picture. That's him at Petco. Look at his crazy mad scientist eyebrows. Yeah, they're great. Anyway, this is our... He looks like Eugene, Eugene Levy. The, he does look like Eugene Levy. This is our forever guinea pig, Percy. Oh, my God. He purrs every time Ash picks him up. Oh, guinea pigs purr? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if baby beavers purr. They also make, uh, They also make like tiny chirping sounds like a little video game. They do it constantly when they're feeling content. Oh, yes, that I have heard. We, we, yeah. we uh, guinea pig sat for some guinea pigs at one point. The names were Toast and Harvey. Okay. Uh, Harpy? Har Harvey. I, I muttered. <laughs> I mumbled. Toast and Harvey. Oh no, no. Harpy is, is for something from Greek myths. <laughs> right? I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, my God. But I'm baby harpies are so cute. Oh, into capybaras now. Oh, capybaras <gasps> are the best. Look up capybaras uh, like bathing in Japanese hot springs. Okay. So great. Oh, my God. Capybara Bath Japan? That's the one. I mean, there are many, but that's one of them. They okay. really look a lot like guinea pigs. Yeah, they're, they're, but they're huge. But, but like they're an animal that manages to be big but also cute. I want to see one in real life. Yeah, I want to hug one. Oh, my God. Let's go back to Japan. Let's go back all, to Japan. When all let's, this is over and let's go to the hot springs and watch capybaras bathe. Let's do it. It's a date. All right. The the beef is quashed. You can find us online <laughs> at SpilledMilkPodcast.com and uh, on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Everything Spilled Milk. Our producer is Abby Circatella. Please rate and review the show if you if you feel motivated. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that's the epitome of gentility. I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. All right, should we silverware? Let's silverware. I'm pretty it up. excited for this. I am too. I really yeah. enjoy these uh, these food adjacent episodes. Me too. I'm so sick of food after <laughs> 464 episodes. But you know what? I'm just getting started with things that are adjacent. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.